Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Raven. Sometimes people ask me how they can support the podcast. One great way is by supporting my sponsors. Studio is a Swedish headphone company that makes great sounding headphones. I'm really impressed with the sound quality, both in music and podcasts. The pair of Regent headphones I have are also great for blocking ambient sounds. When I'm waiting at the bus stop, I can hear every word of the podcast I'm listening to without being disrupted by the street noise. If you would like to get a pair of these great headphones, you can get 15% off by using my code TINY when you check out at studiosweden.com. That's studio, like studio without the T, sweden.com. Hello, and welcome to Tiny Vampires, a podcast about disease, science, and blood-sucking insects a member of the Agora Podcast Network. This is episode 15. How did we figure out that Zika can be sexually transmitted? I'm Raven, Forrest Fruscalzo, your host. This topic was suggested to me by Kelly Crawford. Thanks, Kelly, for the very interesting suggestion. Fair warning, we're going to be talking about sex in this episode, in scientific terms, but still, you might want to hold off until later if sensitive ears are around. This issue of being sexually transmitted points out one thing that makes Zika very unique in its family. There are multiple modes of transmission. That is to say, there's more than one way you can catch it. Most often, we hear about pregnant women being bit by mosquitoes, contracting the virus, which spreads to the fetus in their womb, causing terrible birth defects like abnormally small brains. While tragic, this isn't the whole story. Zika infection can cause fever, rash, and Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is when the virus damages the patient's nerves so they can't move. All of these symptoms are rare. Most of the time, people don't even know they're infected. Needless to say, when people started showing up in places like Paris, France, and New York City with Zika symptoms, it caught doctors' attention. 
There isn't just one lab where they discovered that Zika could be transmitted from one person to another by sexual contact. It was a series of discoveries. If you think about it, sexual contact isn't just one thing. There are many types of behaviors that public health officials needed to be able to tell people if they were safe and what could make them sick. Although what we know about the sexual transmission of Zika is a combination of many different investigations, I'm just going to talk about three. Each of them are what we call case studies, which means they are observations, not from the lab, but from everyday people coming into the doctor sick with Zika. When the doctor suspects something outside of the expected is happening with their patients, they publish the story so that other doctors can be on the lookout. If a pattern starts to show, public health officials compile all of the evidence and let us know what's going on. That's why, even though each one of these case studies is just one example, they're really important for keeping us safe. The first paper is Probable Non-Vector-Borne Transmission of Zika Virus, Colorado, USA by Foy et al., which was published back in 2011, before the massive outbreak in South and then North America. At this point, we weren't aware of the connection between microcephaly and Zika, so it was not being closely studied. This paper was the first documentation of sexual transmission. Two male mosquito biologists from Colorado in the U.S., were working in Senegal. They were bit by mosquitoes while they were working, which I can tell you is a hazard of the job. After they returned to the States, they were back for nine days before they came down with Zika's symptoms of rash and tiredness. In the nine days before he got sick, one of the men had unprotected vaginal sex with his wife. Even though there were no Zika-carrying mosquitoes in Colorado, and she had not traveled outside of the United States in years, his wife came down with very similar symptoms. From this one incident, we suspected that Zika could be sexually transmitted. But there could be other explanations, such as transmission from kissing or transmission through the air. Although the likelihood wasn't good, because he also had children and they didn't end up sick, it wasn't until the outbreak in 2016 that more evidence came to light. In Dallas, a similar case of a man infecting his female partner was published. At this point, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention began suggesting that men coming home from areas where they could have caught Zika not have unprotected sex with female partners, especially if they were pregnant. It wasn't until our next paper, Late Sexual Transmission of Zika Virus Related to Persistence in the Semen, by Trummel et al., came out in June of 2016 that we learned how long a man would have to wait before he wouldn't risk infecting his partner. A French couple went on vacation to the Caribbean. After they returned home, he came down with Zika symptoms. After he recovered, 32 to 41 days later, he had unprotected sex with his wife. Forty days after they came back from their vacation, she also became sick. We know from other studies that from the time the virus enters a person's body to the time they actually start feeling sick, 
called the incubation period, is between 3 and 12 days. So, we know that she didn't catch it while she was on vacation. This tells us that the man can still get his partner sick long after he's feeling fine. The next month, July 2016, more information came out with the paper Suspected Female-to-Male Sexual Transmission of Zika Virus, New York City, 2016, by Davidson et al. A woman returning from a trip to a place with Zika-infected mosquitoes infected her male partner with the virus, showing that the virus could be transmitted in vaginal fluid, not just semen. These case studies, and others like them, were the first few cases known of a virus that is normally transmitted by mosquitoes being transmitted in a completely different way. It was pretty surprising. These stories on their own would have been circumstantial at best if it weren't for a very cool scientific technique called reverse transcriptase polymerase chain reaction. The story of reverse transcriptase is a really interesting one. Back in the 70s, a couple of guys, one named Howard Temmel and the other named David Baltimore, were studying viruses independently. These viruses, in a family called retroviruses, are weird because they're associated with cancer. For the longest time, we thought that cancer wasn't something that you could catch from another person, like the cold, and most aren't. But every time this particular cancer was found, so was the virus. Virologists, or people who study viruses, eventually discovered that these viruses were causing cancer because they were inserting themselves into their victim's DNA. But there was still one mystery. The viruses are made up of RNA, not DNA. A quick molecular biology refresher. DNA makes up a code, like words on a page. Each code is called a gene, which is instructions for a particular protein. To make a protein, you copy down the DNA's instructions into a strand of RNA, a similar but different type of molecule. This process is called transcription. The RNA is then read, and the protein is produced. This process is called translation, much to the frustration of every biology student. Just think of it as the difference between transcribing notes, copying them from one place to another, and translating notes, going from one language to another. So now you might have spotted the problem with saying that these viruses inserted themselves into the victim's DNA when they're made of RNA. These are two different types of molecules, and as far as we knew at the time, DNA could be coded into RNA, but not the other way around. Temin and Baltimore figured this had to be happening because the virus was going in RNA and coming out DNA. Some protein had to be making this transcription process run in reverse. When they found the protein, it changed molecular biology and virology forever, winning them a shared Nobel Prize. They took it easy on us when they named it. It's called reverse transcriptase. 
Its discovery led to medications that block the protein, giving us a way to treat viral infections that we could never have treated before. But what does all this have to do with Zika and sex? Well, it provided us a means of turning an RNA virus, like Zika, which is hard to study, into DNA strands, which we could work with in the lab. We could then make a lot by copying it over and over again, a process called polymerase chain reaction, which is just a biologist's way of saying that we are linking things together over and over, one chemical reaction leading to the next, like falling dominoes. The whole process of turning just a few RNA viruses into millions of copies of DNA is called reverse transcriptase polymerase chain reaction. Or what we normally call it, the short version, is RT-PCR. We need millions of copies of this DNA so that we can sequence it. Just like in the courtroom, we use a killer's DNA to prove that they are guilty because they're the only person with that particular sequence, we can find out which virus is making the patient sick by sequencing the virus's DNA. Viruses mutate very quickly. If patient A has sex with patient B and infects them, when we compare the sequence of patient A's Zika and patients B Zika, they are likely to be very similar, if not identical. But if patient B picked it up somewhere else, say by a local mosquito biting them, the sequence would show a lot more differences. This is why all of the researchers for all of the investigations we talked about today used this same RT-PCR technique. It's fast, easy, and gives us enough detail to say it was the exchange of body fluids with their infected partner not being bitten by a mosquito that made them sick. It's really amazing to me that we were able to not only discover how retroviruses work, but also use that information to make medications to stop them, and then later use their weapon to diagnose and track down a completely unrelated virus, like Zika. I guess it goes to show that any new information or invention you discover can be used in a whole new way if you think about it creatively. These studies were funded by the U.S. Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, French public health and military agencies, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, respectively. All of which were funded by taxpayers, whether American or French. I'll be posting a link to the CDC's guidelines based on the latest information in this episode's show notes. But the short version is that we have evidence and case studies of sexual transmission from male to female, female to male, and male to male partners. Both males and females who are diagnosed with Zika should not have sex without a condom for six months. To be totally safe, this holds true for anyone who spent any time in a location where Zika transmission is ongoing. Females who have been diagnosed with Zika and who want to get pregnant shouldn't go forward with their plans for at least eight weeks. Next month's topic 
is the first of a two-part series of suggestions sent in by Benjamin Jacobs of the Wittenberg to Westphalia podcast. He asked, How do public health authorities use urban planning to control the population of biting insects? It should be really interesting, so make sure to join us for February's episode. Speaking of other podcasts, my interview with Tom Daly on the Agora Exchange podcast was recently published. If you want some behind-the-scenes info on tiny vampires, it's a great place to go. And the last announcement is that January's Agora podcast of the month is a favorite of mine, probably because I was a guest expert on it a while back. It's called Beyond the Big Screen. It's hosted by my podcast mentor, Steve Guerra. Every episode is about a different movie. A guest expert discusses not only the movie's accuracy, but also their favorite parts of the movie and what it means to them. I hope that you found and continue to find this podcast informative. The webpage for this episode, number 15, has a link to those CDC recommendations, a much more detailed video about RT-PCR, and a link to today's papers, along with show notes and music credits. Tweet your topic suggestions to me at tinyvampirespod, where you can also follow me for all kinds of insect and public health news. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. From me, Raven Forrest Riscalzo, Masters of Science student at the University of Notre Dame and funded by the National Science Foundation. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.